old block goes way out west. Part 1 So travelling up the west coast of Scotland is obviously one of my favourite things to do. Onward past Oban, and this time on the Corn Ferry to the magical Kingaloch estate, where you're nicely in the middle of nowhere. A sea loch, a comfy cottage, and my favourite acoustic guitar on hand. It's all looking pretty perfect. And then it gets even better. Sipping some bubbly, outside as the sun dips below the peaks, we spot a sea eagle, and it's coming to say hello. Not yet sporting its white tail feathers, this immature bird is still magnificent, with a two-metre wingspan and an air of Highland royalty about it. Of course, we aren't alone for long, as in comes the Elizabeth and the Emily Jane, the two ships that belong to the elite Highland Cruises Company, private on sweet cabins, and your own chef, and wildlife guide. This may be something we'll have to save up for one day. We meet a few of the guests and crew and chat away about otters and pine martens and that sea eagle they missed. Neark. Anyway, money can buy most things, but not everything. I make one of my go-to meals for dinner. Pepper and brandy and cream steak with new potatoes and asparagus. Easy peasy. Are you ready? I'll just put the pan on. Buy a couple of thick cut fillet steaks. A wee tub of double cream, asparagus, and, well, the rest should be kicking about in your kitchen anyway. Parboil the potatoes, halved with their skins on. Life's too short to peel stuff, it's better for you anyway. Then drain them, and put into a pot with a big knob of butter. Salt and pepper, and let them sauté. Do the same with the asparagus, but keep it crunchy. Meanwhile... Cover your raw steak in roughly crushed peppercorns, sea salt and olive oil. Steak should be done quick and hot. It should be exciting. So take your pan to what factor nine and then whap the steaks in there and hear them sizzle. Make sure you have your extractor fan on full and maybe open a window or a door and get the granny and the kids into another room. Jiggle about and turn, not you, the steaks. For about five minutes aside for medium rare. The only way to get the real taste is medium rare. Don the fireproof gloves and add a dash of brandy or whiskey. Smell your eyebrows burning for a wee bit and then once the flames have gone, pour in the double cream. After a minute, remove the steaks and put on a couple of warm plates with the veg and totties. Go back and tend to that sauce. Keep pulling your fish slice through it until it thickens and parts like the Red Sea. Check the dog hasn't eaten the steaks on the table behind you and then allow yourself a sigh of relief before pouring the creamy, peppery sauce over your fabulous fillets. Get out of the kitchen before you die of smoke inhalation and serve with a wry smile and a glass of red, preferably Chevy Chamberton wine. 1996. Anyway, where was I? Oh aye, the west coast of Scotland. It must have been the wine. So after that, you can't beat a sweaty night with a log burner. The central heating's on and it's roasting, but you paid for the wood. So that fire is going on too, if it's the last thing you do. It's a hundred degrees in here, complains my better half. Aye, but we don't know how to work the boiler, so better safe than sorry, eh? We can wake up freezing, 
I reply. You're an absolute nutter, she adds. Aye, maybe. The next morning, or about a stone lighter, bedclothes and jammies chucked about the place, and after a hot, stuffy night, I'm determined still to get up and go my run. Just a wee 3k to get me back into it. You see, I've been no well. A touch of the man flu, and a twisted knee after stretching too far in a ladder. Anyway, I venture out along the deserted road, and I see a guy struggling with a big skate on a pier. The fish that is no some kind of roller shoe, so I go and see if he needs help. Soon, I'm down under the high stone pier with a net, and he's reeling in the monster above. I see it, the beast, in a bit of clear water. And now I wonder if it's actually maybe a stingray. It has a long, whippy tail, and I think back to that poor Aussie nature presenter who fell foul of one of these creatures. Suddenly this is a life or death struggle and the adrenaline is literally oozing out my pores as I scoop the thing up, drag it up the sand and leg it. I swear, its scorpion tail lashes out and almost catches the back of my bare leg. Jeez, I pant, that was close. Aye, he nearly had you, says the mystery fisherman. We better put it back. What? I say, you're going to put it back? Rules is rules, he says. But it's a sea loch, I say. Now begin to sound like a planet killer. That's all about the environment these days, son. I suppose, I say, unconvincingly. But can you eat that? The man laughs and nods before releasing the creature. Quite rightly, back into the depths. Oh well, tight lines and all that, I say, as I jog away from my near-death experience. I'm still imagining skate wings and garlic butter and herb mash and samphire. Oh well, I might do that recipe next time. Another easy-peasy one. So after relaying this adventure to my unimpressed better half, I shower and join her and the dog for a stroll in the lashing rain. There's a big house in the distance, which I'm guessing is the powerhouse of the glen round here. There are loads of ruined houses jutting through the undergrowth, and I wonder what happened. You know, where are the people all gone? Was it the clearances? Abandonment for a better life? Or a mixture of the two? It's then, after walking beside open seaweed-covered beaches, that our beloved Doug, Sophie, decides to drop one, right on the nicely manicured lawn of the big house. Eh, did you pick up those poo bags from the kitchen? I inquire. Why is it always my job to pick up the bleeding poo bags? My better half shouts, inexplicably in an instant rage. Great, now we have the lady of the manor staring at us out of her big windies. Okay, I say. I'll stick it and flick it. Where are you going to flick it to? It's going to be like shit croquet all across her lawn. I now have two women leering at me hatefully. Three, if you include the dog. Now, sticking it and flicking it is fine. If the doggy poo involved is sturdy. You know, not all squidgy and runny and stuff. But I wasn't liking the look of this particular specimen from Sophie. Mm. No bag, no stick, and now no chance of a proper purchase, even if I had a stick. I resort to a very shameful piece of play acting. With a dog and my better half safely across the lawn, I suddenly pretend to find a poo bag in my pocket. It's actually an old sensations crisp bag. So I give everyone that thumbs up and pick up something. That from a distance looks like the poo, but it's actually a handy wee clump of leaves. I even pretend to tie a wee knot in the bag. 
I know what you're thinking. Despicable. So listen, I promised to return over the cover of darkness, you know, with my head torch and stuff, and retrieve the real jobby, okay? And your dreams. My prospects and pride, suitably restored, I smile at everyone and drop the fake poo bag into the big hussy's green bin. Ooh, says my better half. Oh, me a smell. God, the dog gives me an odd nod too. Anyway, I say, changing the subject, let's look at the wall garden. It's free going across there, look. I wander in and notice a sign. Chickens running free. Jeez, well the stress never end. I better put the dog in the lead. Eh, uh, Sophie? Sophie? Where's the dog? End of part one. Remember, Old Bloke Goes Running the Book is available from Amazon, bookshops and just about everywhere else. Ciao for now.